Welcome to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our focus is the novel coronavirus. I'm Josh Sharfstein, a faculty member at Johns Hopkins and also a former secretary of Maryland's Health Department. Our goal with this podcast is to bring evidence and experts to help you understand today's news about the novel coronavirus and what it means for tomorrow. If you have questions, you can email them to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, Stephanie Desmond interviews two faculty at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, Professor Elizabeth Stewart and Associate Professor Carrie Altoff, not about their day jobs. Dr. Stewart is a distinguished biostatistician, and Dr. Altoff a noted epidemiologist. Rather, they're talking about how they have managed the coronavirus situation as parents, neighbors, and friends. Let's listen. I'm here today with Carrie Altoff and Elizabeth Stewart. Dr. Altoff is an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins, and Dr. Stewart is a professor of mental health and biostatistics. We've been talking a lot about social distancing, staying away from other people in order to slow the spread of the virus. This is so hard when you have kids. I know this question's on everyone's minds. Can I let my kids have playdates? What if they just ride bikes around the neighborhood together? Uh, Carrie? You know, this is a hard question to answer as well. And I, I have to say, no, it's not a good idea to have playdates, not right now. It doesn't mean playdates won't come back in the future, but right now we really need to stay close to home. Uh, depending on where you're living, you're going to have different things going on at the state level. That's going to be telling you what you can and cannot be doing. Um, but when it comes to play dates, the idea here is to keep our kids really close so that we can keep our families healthy and well. Play dates can expand your network further than what it is needing to be expanded at this point to keep everyone safe and healthy. So the idea is keep it hyperlocal. If you have one family that you've been interacting with, for example, and that family is also letting you know if anyone's not feeling well, that is called a closed network. It's a small, tight network that you could have your child play with that other person's child. That kind of hyper-local network is, is fine, but random play dates or even play dates with people you haven't seen in a week or two, that, that's not okay. Anyone outside your immediate network is, is not okay to be um, engaging with within a, a distance of less than six feet at this time. Probably not the answer many parents wanted to hear. <laughs> no, but I do love your suggestion about bike rides. So bike rides are great, but go as a family. Go as a family, keep your kids close. Um, go for hikes, go out on the nature trails, go out um, into, into city parks that are large. And you know, while you're out there with your kids, keep them close and keep a safe distance. We're still advising to avoid playgrounds at this time. Those are very high touch uh, surfaces. Those are areas where kids don't keep distance from each other. That's not the point of the playground. So um, keep your kids close, but definitely get outside or go in your own yard and, and kick the soccer ball around or just look at the flowers or take a notepad and do some observational drawings. Do something, get yourself out there, but keep yourself a distance from others. Keep your family close. 
So I've seen friends posting on social media about their home, how they're homeschooling their kids. And honestly, I'm not really sure it's happening. Uh, my husband and I are working and my teenagers attend public school. So they have been given very little schoolwork. Uh, is it okay if they're not filling their minds with like new literature, Liz? Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about this one. The short answer is yes, it's okay. Um, I have a third grader and a sixth grader and, you know, we're doing what we can, but each of them has... 15 emails they're getting from the schools and all these different platforms. And it's so hard to keep up on all of that while we are also trying to balance our own work, um, plus everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, I would say do what you can, encourage them to think about new things. I know some people who have kind of said, you know what, have a project for the week. You know, I want you to give me a presentation on Friday about some topic that excited you. Um, use this time to sort of be flexible and creative. Uh, again, schools are going to, might send a lot of information home, but be kind to yourself. I think um, that's a really important message too, is these are unusual times. And I think your kids are going to be okay. Um, and in fact, there's in some ways, what might be best is to create this sort of nice environment. Um, again, do what you can academically, but spend time uh, together as a family and remember that mental health is important too. Uh, and so it's going to be really important to take care of your physical health, um, but also your mental health. Uh, and again, just be kind to yourself and, and your family. Thank you for that permission. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering about food. We're talking about sort of um, wondering whether it's still safe to go to the grocery stores um, where I will be within six feet other, of other people. Is it okay to order delivery, which puts someone else at risk? Is takeout better than delivery, Carrie? Everybody needs to go to the grocery store and the grocery store is still a place that's open because it is an essential service. Um, even in places with, with shelter in place restrictions, grocery stores are still gonna be open and available. And you know, you need to feed your family but instead of going every day or even every other day, try and only go once a week. Buy enough to get you through until that following week so you're reducing the number of times you're going into the grocery store. When you're in the grocery store, if they have cart wipes, use those wipes. I always take a spare one and I actually wipe down the um, credit card pad that I typically use when I check out. Um, I've actually started bringing my own Clorox wipes because I know they're in, in high demand. So I just keep a wipe with me um, and I take two it, from the car into the store. I wipe the cart and I wipe the, the payment, um, whatever I need to touch for payment because those are high touch surfaces. Um, when I'm in the grocery store, I definitely keep um, six to 10 feet of space around me. It can be hard. I, I think it, some people thought I was running away from them last Saturday when I was in the grocery store. Um, and other people totally got it. And, and they were really giving everyone space. You know, they weren't crowding you and running up next to you to pull that, that container of salad out of the crisper. They were waiting. So I think people really are getting this. And, and you know, just, just move yourself around. Go at times when it's not as busy. I know some grocery stores have even offered up hours uh, where only older adults are allowed in, which I think is another really nice thing that people are doing to help people stay safe and especially those who are at highest risk. When it comes to takeout, I have to say this is this is a balancing of, of your perception of risk, what you're comfortable with, but it's it, to be clear, there has not yet been any evidence that coronavirus has been transmitted by a takeout. Um, have good practices. I, I have to order takeout to survive right now because after a long day of balancing work and kids, and it, it can be a lot for me. And so takeout is a little bit of my treat to, to 
relax myself for the evening. So one thing that I do when I get takeout is, um, first of all, if I, I try and use the payment apps so I don't have to interact with the person who's delivering it to pr protect both myself and the other person, I just stick a little note on my, on my door that says, thank you so much. Please leave it right here. I keep my eye out as soon as they deliver it and they're 10 feet away, I, I pull it in. Um, discard all the packaging and put your food onto your, your utensils, your plates. Um, don't eat it out of the package. And then wash your hands before you sit down to eat. Um, there's no evidence that the um, virus is surviving through uh, the cooking process when temperatures um, are hot. So hot foods are always great. But really, your biggest risk with takeout is more from the person who's delivering it than the food itself. So keep that space between the person that's delivering it and yourself. Make sure you discard that packaging. And the last thing that you do before you pick up your fork is you wash your hands before you eat. So I've been thinking a lot about sort of the elderly in the community and those who have um, who are immune compromised. Um, if is it okay for me to offer to do errands for them, or do I put myself at risk by going out in the world to do this? What's the safest way to help them live? It's wonderful if you can find ways to help them. Um, we have some neighbors that we've texted right before we are going to the grocery store and say, "Do you need anything?" Uh, we then leave the groceries sort of at their front door, you know, maybe wave, wave from the front door. Um, but really, it's, it's wonderful you can, if you can sort of do those errands for them uh, in a way that helps them be able to just stay home. Uh, and in some ways, you know, I agree with Carrie and everything she said. And it's wonderful that some stores have like senior uh, shopping times now. But even better is if those people can stay home and if uh, some of us who are less at risk can go out and do some of those errands for them. Mm -hmm. I've been also worried a little bit about, you know, a lot of grandparents watch their grandkids and I'm wondering, I guess that's not a great idea right now either. You know, I, there would be nothing more comforting to me right now than having my mom and dad with me in my house for so many reasons. Um, my parents are so wonderful and they miss my kids and, um, my kids really miss them, but you know, I want my parents to be healthy. And so keeping my parents and my children separate right now is really, really important to me. And it's important to to protecting my parents who who are older and are more at risk for severe disease if they get infected. So, you know, I, I understand sometimes people feel like they don't have any other choices with care options. But really think critically about that. Think about all the potential resources that are out there. I will say the child care game right now is, is changing, not even week by week, but day by day as to what's available to who and when. Um, if you're having someone help you in your home, keeping that one person. So again, your network is small. Uh, that's really important. It, it's just as important to try and keep your, your older adults that you care so much about out of that childcare mix so that we can keep those older adults safe as possible. Mm -hmm. I know that um, it's also good to be on FaceTime with them and, and let them know you're thinking about them because I know that they're probably fairly lonely in their own isolation. Absolutely. Any way you can connect is, is a good way other than physically. I have an older friend who we went for a walk over the weekend stayed six, six feet apart, but it was good. Like we usually meet for a coffee or breakfast and instead we went for a walk. So, um, you know, you try to, she lives alone. You know, you're trying to, uh, 
to make sure that people are doing as well as they can. So you just touched on something that I, I think we need to just highlight. People who live alone right now are experiencing a different type of social and physical distancing. And I think it's really important that we keep those people in mind. And if that's just an extra text or a note in the mail or a video call or inviting them to your Zoom happy hour or what taking a walk 10 feet apart, whatever it may be, I think we should all take just a minute and really think about the people that we know and love that live alone because those individuals may be experiencing um, more distance than, than others who have you know, family in their homes living with them. So I love the fact that you went on a walk with your friend and it was 10 feet apart, especially because that might've been his or her you know, interaction and connection with other humans in the world in, in maybe you know, a number of days. So I'm glad you did that and I hope everybody can follow your example and reach out to those individuals that we know are living alone. Do you have any other suggestions for sort of how we can be responsible and yet help others in the community? I know that there's, you know, I keep looking at like, are there volunteer opportunities or, and I know really we should just be staying home, but how can we help? I think uh, that's a great thing to be thinking about. Um, there, I think there's a few possibilities. One is, of course, there are local organizations that might be needing help. I have a colleague who has, she's you know, a fairly young faculty member. And so she's now volunteering with Meals on Wheels to deliver food or food banks are needing help right now to make sure that they can get their deliveries out um, to needy families and people. Um, and so I think in your local area, you can look for those sort of formal volunteering um, opportunities uh, with the groups that you might already know. Um, look at their websites, give them a call, sort of try to find those. I want to highlight, too, that there's informal community building that is really important, and this builds really nicely on what you were just talking about with going for a walk. Um, I think that we can be building community in new ways. Uh, our block had a happy hour where we all hung out on our porches, and a couple people would walk down the, down the block and say hi to the others. And we talked with people that we don't normally. Uh, we're usually running around. Uh, and so we were sort of, I think, finding new connections with our neighbors. Um, in our, there's also um, some artwork sort of scavenger hunts around where people are putting uh, artwork up in their windows, or I've heard about teddy bear scavenger hunts, people putting teddy bears in their windows so that then when kids or adults, for that matter, uh, go for walks, they can look around and, and sort of just connect. Um, the Using a free Zoom account to connect with people either local or non-local. I, I know I'm using it uh, this week to try to reconnect with some college friends where normally we're too busy to meet for a happy hour. Well, we can't meet for a happy hour. We're all spread around the country. Um, but using this time to connect with both local and sort of far-flung people um, to connect again in, in ways that we're maybe not super familiar with, but I think can form, can help us really form these nice social connections. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I think it's really important that we keep our distance, but find ways to really connect with each other. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharpstein, Lindsay Smith-Rogers, and Lamari Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen-McCusker 
with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.